The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Immaculate. Many of you know her across the world. And she was in Rwanda experiencing the genocide there. She wrote a book called Left to Tell, a very moving book, and a book for our time everybody should read to understand our situation and the mentality we need to be having. So we welcome Immaculate. She's in New York. Hi. 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 So good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I want to start off with something that was very moving. We got a clip uh, of you explaining something. When you were hiding in the bathroom, there's one part of something that happened, and I want you to expand on that, what we're about to play. When the genocide started, they started to kill people of my tribe. My parents sent me to hide to a neighbor who was from the other tribe. I went to him and he put me to sit in this bathroom 
it was it was during the day when I got there, and then the next morning about three o'clock, he came and took me, and showed me through the house with a torch, and then he showed me this tiny bathroom in his bedroom, and he put me to sit there. I'm thinking this is too small for me. What am I going to do here? Because you think, what have I done to deserve this anyway? You know, I'm just a student, and everybody loved me, and I loved them, and there was nothing I can ever feel guilty about. I'm thinking here. This is a prison. So he went back, brought five more women. In the beginning were six. The youngest was seven years old. He went later, he brought two more women, were eight people, sitting on the top of each other. The bathroom was three by four feet, small. Eight of us for three months. For three months, one time they came to hunt for us. The killers hired by the government, fed by the government and drinks. And one guy stood outside. I can hear him. He went to school with me, primary school, and he spoke. And he said, "I have killed 399 cockroaches." That's how he called us. And he said, "I want Imakile to be the 400. That will be a good number." And I'm thinking, somebody lost their mind. They don't remember that I'm a human being. What have happened to him? This is a man I would call a friend in a normal time, like when we were going to school. He was just a normal person, and he killed. He found later he found the 400 person to kill, and more. It, it can make you go crazy. You just want to tell them like it's me. It was bad. Like in my mind, I was so angry. My skin was just burning. Like you are on fire. So angry and so fearful at the same time. They came searching in the ceiling of the house. They came under the beds, the closets. It was completely the grace of God. That we did not find that bathroom, and I remember when I was saying our Lord's prayer, and I remember reaching to that part that said, "Forgive us, as we forgive those who trespass against us." And all of a sudden, it was almost like a picture of all the killers was in front of me, thousands, if not millions. And it was almost like Jesus was telling me, "Pray for them to change instead of hating them. Are you going to be like them? Are you going to do what you hate most?" Which is the genocide, the hatred? Are you going to do that, or are you going to try to change them? So then I started to pray for them. It made all the sense. Truly, truly, there is a potential in every human being, in the worst person who have done the worst thing. There is a potential to be an angel. It is not poverty, our worst enemy. Our worst enemy is the truth that is not truth. It is the lies that are in our hearts that another person is less than another. Only through love, our country can get back together. That's an incredible moment that we need your witness. How you got through that, and the mentality you adopted, not to be self-destroyed. We see all across the news now, and all across the world, nobody's talking about forgiveness. It's justice. Mm-hmm. And so, Alaysa, June second, twenty nineteen. My children, forgiveness is the most exalted form of love. Pray that you be strong in spirit, that you could comprehend and forgive. You, by understanding and forgiveness, are given an example of love. To be able to comprehend and forgive is a gift. 
which is necessary to pray and to nurture. By forgiveness, you are showing that you will know how to love with understanding, forgiveness, and justice. Just look, my children, how the Heavenly Father loves you with a great love, with understanding, forgiveness, and justice. When you heard this school friend say that, it's difficult for me to comprehend how you felt in your heart. When the man who, who said about 399 people? Yes. It was so painful to, to hear that. But it was also a moment that I felt people are not acting no more. Like the, the evil, as uh, Our Lady Mikibeho, as you know, she appears in 1981, like she appeared in Medjugorje. She was telling us about the devil that have taken many hearts. It was really a moment I realized it's not about I did this, maybe you think that I'm bad. This was a friend. That was such a clarity to see the evil, what it has done to people's hearts. It was very scary. Uh, I can't tell you the feelings I had. It was, uh, I still remember it was, it was so close to us. It felt like a thousand needles that went through my body, like I was in fire. It was very painful, but also emotionally confusing. How can a person just wish to hurt another person, and, and for what? Our lady gave another message, the opposite of forgiveness. If you don't forgive, on September 2nd, 2010, I desire to help you to overcome trials, which this time of purification puts before you. My children, one of those is not to forgive and not to ask for forgiveness. Every sin offends love and distances you from my son. You must learn to forgive and ask forgiveness. So, Michael, I ask you a question about the situation we have in our culture today is not taking an injustice and covering and wiping it away by forgiveness. Rather, it's called for justice. What's happening on the streets and the cops and the people that they're arresting, man is calling for justice. Those who died at that point, they got justice already. It's not for us to get justice. You're in front of God when you die, and God gives you your reward or your punishment. So there's nothing we're going to add here in our life that's going to bring justice to someone who's died because they're before their maker. That said, there's a falsehood in what we're seeking justice instead of forgiveness. What you've gone through, what would you have to say to that? Thank you so much. So let me explain to you, I want to share with you how in my situation I came to really want forgiveness and actually to forgive. And I will tell you what I think about that. So when I was in that bathroom, I, they were killing us. They were looking for us. And I thought the most natural thing is about is hating them back. Actually, it gave me a false sense of justice that if you hate me, I hate you more, and then we are equal. Even if they had arms and they're looking for me, but my hatred was like my defense. It felt like that. Then my hatred became to a point where, and I call it justice in my mind. I call it justice. So we are equal. And the more I hated them, the more I felt so pain, much pain. I felt pain in my body, in my soul. I had a headache, I had a stomachache, 
I felt my blood was running different ways. But I thought that what you do when you are hated or when you somebody's trying to do wrong to you or have done wrong to you. Because in, in, during that time, maybe they have killed already my dad and my mom, and I really suspected that have happened. So I felt justified in my anger. But the more the pain was, I felt that pain, the more I wanted to feel good. And I real, it was so clear to me that I cannot feel good if I'm, I'm still feeling this hate towards people. And this is the worst thing about hatred. And again, this kind of human thing we seem like, a, you know, sometimes we call justice, but it's more hate. It felt like somebody needed to get hurt. And worse, it had made me blind to a point where I hated everybody from the other tribe. And when you hear people from a whole tribe, like in my case, I hated people who are not even born yet, people who are innocent, because I think, oh, look at them, what they're doing to us. It have blinded me. So I remember one time when they came to search for us, they didn't find us, but I remember praying to God, if you are real, please don't let these people find us. There were three to 400 people. This was a four-bedroom house. And I remember begging God, if they don't open today this door, I will seek you and I will try to do whatever you want because you are the only real thing that exists right now for me. Like, I haven't disappointed me. I used to think my parents were invincible. My dad was that kind of person who protected us. My mom was always there. She, she never missed a day without knowing where her children were. And I really, as a child, thought they would always be there. And I think even if we prayed, but they did not speak much about them being a gift in my life. And they might go. They're just there as a gift from God. But they might go the same way I could have gone. And when I missed them, I was, even with them too, I was angry. How can my parents not be here when they have always been there? But God was the only one remaining. And I remember asking again, if you, they don't open the door, I will know it is you who did it, and I will seek you all my life. That day, the killers came and searched everywhere, and they touched the handle of the door of the bathroom. This is what the man who was hiding us told us. And before they opened, they told the man that actually they trust him, that he doesn't, he will not hide people, the Tutsis, people of my tribe. He told us they have searched everywhere, in the ceiling of the house, under the beds, in the closet, and yet they stopped right at the door where we were. When the man told us that, what really shocked me and what broke my heart open was, oh my God, God is real as he, I was asking him. He heard my prayer. He heard my prayer without even me talking with my words. It was just from my heart. That's where I speak my prayer. Then I realized that the God we pray to, as our priests have told us, the church tells us, the Bible tells us, actually he cannot hear us in our hearts. And that was really a new day. I wanted fully now to embrace God with everything he is and seek him. And then see if he would sell me, because I wanted, if I, I was doing things that would sell God, I couldn't expect him to be, to be also for me fully. So I wanted to do my part, but I needed to know him first. Then I can see what he will do. I asked the man to give me the Bible, and I started to read the Bible, and I wanted to understand what does he expect of me, and why this is happening. I felt like God was completely showing me this is happening because people have failed to love one another. 
And when people fail to love one another, chaos happens. But you, you can just do your part. Be that loving person. It's never too late for individual to be that loving person. And then claim every promise I promised. I remember going through the Bible and, like, you know, reading, ask, it shall be given. Knock, the door will be given. Forgive those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. And if you only love the, your friends, what good have you done? You know, even the pagans do the same. Love your enemies. I'm like, but how do I love them? It was not easy to, to go there. They pick a message every week from my work. The community does. They go in my writing office and they pick it. Last Sunday night was December 2nd, 2014. And what you're saying is in this message. It's incredible what you're saying now because it's so related to it. I carry this in my pocket and study it the whole week. Our Lady said, December 2nd, 2014, remember. She said the word remember because she wants you to understand really what's true. Remember, for I am telling you that love will win. And you just talked about it's not easy. You talked about hate and that's why they lose. If you're going after justice, you're going to lose. You're not going to win. And then you talked a minute ago about pain. The message goes on and says, I know that many of you are losing hope, which is where you were at that point before you got the Bible, because around you, you see suffering, pain, jealousy, and envy. Incredible words. Then our lady says about Jesus, he is the life of the world. My children, to live my son means to live the gospel. And then he says these words, this is not easy. And then she says, this means love, forgiveness, and sacrifice. And then she says, fasting, because it is still more love, forgiveness, and sacrifice, which is the summary of what you learned and you experienced in reality. Uh, which brings me to another thought before you, I want you to make a comment on that. I was there with Ivanka nine months before the genocide started, shoulder to shoulder. After the apparition, she jumps up and basically goes crazy, screaming. Hundreds of thousands of bodies floating down the river. I was there with her. My connection to you, I was there in presence when a person literally was shown the genocide nine months before it happened. I wrote about that. It was nine months, the term of something being birthed. Hatred was birthed. The devil was birthed. Ivanka ran through her house. Her little girl was chasing her. Her husband was. She ran off to the church. And here it is. You've been here. I've met you. We've we've talked that something you went through, that being with the visionary who saw it beforehand is really surreal. But this is the times we're in. So what you're saying about forgiveness, this is the problem today. We don't have that. We're seeking the wrong way. Justice is for God. Forgiveness is for us. And if we forgive, then the pain we have to go through, and it is not easy. I don't know how you can reconcile except by love, your schoolmate. Did you ever meet him after that, or what happened to him? The man who killed my family, yes, I did meet him. He was in prison. And uh, 
So I got to a point where I started to beg God to, to help me forgive. Especially when any time I, I say this as a Christian, any time I say the prayer, our Lord is prayer, any time I go to forgive us as we forgive those. I didn't want it, but I wanted to follow Jesus. And I realized that you cannot follow him if you don't respect him. So I remember going to my knees and begging God, help me, help me to forgive. If you say, pray this way, you are God, I'm not. And if you said, pray this way, I need to do that. So, but I did, I couldn't make it sincere. So I had to ask him to help me. And the moment came, I remember when he was on the cross and he said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. All this time I wanted to know, how do I forgive? How do I forgive? But when he said they don't know what they do, it was through the rosary. That's when I felt like a huge luggage was lifted from my shoulders. And I was able to let go. Why did I want to be with, like, somebody who is killing me, and then I want to do the same? What, what is better? Who is better then? And I realized what Jesus said was true. I let go. Let go. Let go that anger and, and pray for them to change as I was praying for myself. So when I met the man, I felt like Jesus was showing me. You see what I told you? They don't know what they do. They don't know what they do. This man have lost his family now. He was in prison. And I remember when I told him I forgave him, he covered his face. You know, what I realized is that when we forgive, we also allow people a chance to look in their hearts. When you told him you forgive him face to face, what did you feel? Oh, I felt a relief. And the biggest relief I felt it when I was still in the bathroom, when they were still haunting us, I really forgave them. That's when I felt a huge luggage lifted from my shoulders. When I told him I forgave him, a part of me, it wasn't even like the words I forgave him, I meant more. I meant to, to take away his luggage like a mine was fell off. I wanted to tell him, have your own journey. I hope you too you can change and realize the wrong you have done and ask God for forgiveness. I wanted him to also forgive himself. I wanted him to realize the wrong he have done, so that when his children come to see him, he can tell them, never do what I have done. And I really felt the grace was given. When I told him I forgave him, he covered his face. And it was as if like his shoulders came down. He felt, I felt, he felt compassion. He felt something came out of him. He became simple. I remember he took, he have taken stuff from my home, some machines my mom used to make, to make the sorghum powder. He took it to his home. And uh, when I told him I forgave him, he covered his face. And a few minutes later, he told me, oh, by the way, I have this machine I took from your house, but I kept mm. it for you. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass him even more. And the man who was the head of the jail, he became so mad. He's like, what? You didn't keep it for her. You just wanted to steal it after killing his family. But I really wanted him to, to say, I'm not mad at you. Go to your own journey in the eyes of Jesus. Forgive yourself and also see the wrong you have done. I wanted him to, to, to see, to change also as I changed. I was one of them in my mind. There's a time when I, I felt so angry that I wanted to fly planes and throw grenades all over the country. In my life, I have not even touched a gun. But yet in my mind, I was like them. So when I was able to let go that anger, I felt so free. I felt a freedom. I felt peace. And that's what I wanted for him. When I, I told him, I forgive you, I just wanted him to be free and then go through his own conversion. And where is he now? 
Oh, he died two years later. He was a man who had a great job. He was, I don't think he could live in a prison. And that's what the devil li- does to us. He lies to us that by doing evil, that we, we will be fine, we will be good, we are better. And then after he crushes you. So the man was in a prison, he got sick. I think he had a, a river problem. And then he died like two years after we met. And what happened to his school friend who wanted you to be number 400 of his murders? The man who killed the 400 people, he died right after he got to 400. He got mm. mad, actually. He said he couldn't eat. Anytime he would go to eat, he said he felt the voices of people who told him he took away their capacity to eat, too. Why is he eating? So mm. he died refusing to eat. He, he really went crazy. Diabolical. He was possessed. Like what we say, you were saying very beautifully, there is God has justice. I don't think there is anything wrong for people wanting justice. The thing is, there's justice done with love, and there's justice that is being seeked because of anger, because of hatred, because of the need to punish, the need to hate, to hurt people. If you ask for somebody who is hurting people, please take them away so he doesn't continue to hurt people, that's one thing. But when you are hurting them and hurting innocent people, in the name of justice, it's wrong. That's why only God really can see. He knows what to do. Well, you receive justice through love. You open the door through forgiveness for justice to come about. And that's, that's yes. my point. Mm-hmm. We want mm-hmm. justice, yes. But and there is a law that, that gives justice in terms of like law and order. And then there is God. But as people... When we want to take justice in our hands, we, we end up messing up things. That's what I wanted. And thank God I didn't, because if I have gone to that, I would not be alive today. I would have tried to kill people, seeking my own justice. They would have killed me. Who, what do you think any person is? You hurt somebody, you create more circle of hatred. So it was really love that I realized that if we continue hatred, we will finish each other. But if we love, people will change then there will be peace. Immaculate, I just want to share with those who are listening of our encounter with you when you came here a couple of years ago because I think it also shows how God answers that scripture where he says, I will give to you family. That when you lose family for my sake, I I return family. And you have hundreds of mothers, hundreds of fathers brothers and sisters, we had invited you when we learned that you were going to be speaking in Birmingham. When you came out here, it had been a long day, and you didn't know really where you were going, and you were hoping that you weren't going to be staying very long. But we, of course, had prepared a wonderful meal. We are very, very excited for you to be here. So you very quickly warmed up when you came here, and you came into our little chapel up on our third floor in our tabernacle of Our Lady's Messages, and you started reading something that was framed in there. And then it all of a sudden uh, clicked that where you were, because what you were reading was a friend of Medjugorje's writing called To Love, which is all about these lessons that you're speaking with and sharing with us and had been his journey of learning those same lessons And you were so surprised because you had been given this by a friend of yours or you came across it in some way or other years ago that helped you to embrace these same 
teachings that had started during the whole situation in Rwanda. And so you ended up staying the whole evening, well into the night, and ended up at uh, the home of a friend of Medjugorje. And at the end of that whole several hours with us and coming to meet his family, you just simply said, I feel that I have found my family. Mm. I don't know if you remember that, but... Um, I do. I do remember very well. I remember the welcome. I remember the, the, the love that was just purple and was... So natural. I will never forget your kids. The kids who are not raised in front of the TV and who are just like playing and actually look at you and they can, they can read your emotions. It reminded me how I grew up. We grew up going outside, counting the stars, you know, looking at the moon and playing with human beings. I, I will never forget that. And then just how you really practice your faith and it is every word just spoke about who you are. And, and what a family where you see elder people with the kids, with men taking care of their family. I, I, again, and it's such a Catholic environment. And, and oh my God, I, I really, I, I, I have always thought about you. And God bless you for what you do. Immaculate, what would you have to say to America where we're headed right now if we don't change the, the situation around? Oh my goodness. I hope I can. How can I? say this, I really wish to call everyone to realize what the gift they have in this country, the gift they have had in this beautiful country, to please come back to God, to please come back, to judge yourself in the eyes of Jesus and look at who you are in your heart, what you need to change, and remember God is love. If we continue how things are going these days, I don't want to say it would end up like Rwanda, but it's not pretty and it is not good. You know, when there are wars, everybody suffers. Everybody. There's nothing good in causing chaos. It has scared me because, of course, from what I have lived, it felt as if it is a little bit of what I lived in Rwanda in 1994. And I'm praying every day. I have a prayer group. We say the rosary every day. Because our lady have told us, if you pray from the heart, especially the rosary prayer, that what was coming to a country would not happen. So now I take myself as a part of this country. I, I pray. But, yeah, it is not good. It, it continues with the way it's going, not loving each other, or it's not good. I don't want to predict again the, the, the horrible thing. I hope it can't be like Rwanda exactly, but it also... You see the signs of violence, no matter what is causing it, is, is, is bad. The signs of hatred, of anger, destruction, it take away what you build in a hundred, hundreds of years. It can be taken away in one week. And again, what happened? Our children suffer. And there is God's justice, as you said. The evil one will be punished. The, the evil one will lose no matter what in the end. But again, everyone suffers. A little over a year ago, March 25th, 2019, Ali addressed this. She says, wars are reigning in hearts and nations because you do not have peace and you do not see, little children, a brother in your neighbor. That is beautiful. And that's exactly what our lady wanted us to to see each other in Rwanda, you know, we were different tribes, but it wasn't about the tribes. 
And that's what I think here too. And again, I, I don't understand everything about, you know, I came here 20 years ago. But the hatred was not about people hate each other because they look different or they come from different tribes. There were always politicians who hid behind the differences for their own interest, for their own selfishness to cause the trouble. What is going on behind in this country, I don't know. But it doesn't feel like people hate each other just because they're from different races and different, you know, Mm -hmm. look different. I think there's evil that is just working to cause chaos. Well, with that and the words that you said, I think there's a lot to digest. You as the listeners out there, you might want to listen to this program a couple of times and contemplate, reflect, as I lady said, on the future. Reflection usually is reflection for the purpose of the past. But we don't want to have a past that comes to us now in the future. Let's take to heart Our Lady's words, reflect on your future. One thing I want to suggest very strongly to you, I want to give you some direction. If you haven't read Immaculate's book, Left to Tell, you must read that. It's incredible. When I read the book, it was amazing to me because I was with Ivanka, who saw this, what I was reading. Order this book on Amazon or wherever you can find it at a bookstore. Immaculate, what happened to the man that protected y'all? Where is he? Oh, the, oh, the man who protected me. Wow. So after the genocide, he he actually was a little bit scared that he he, he kept us. He didn't want to see us, and uh, because he didn't want his neighbors to know that he hid us. But then, after time, they started to give price to people who who hid people, and slowly people accepted to see people who hid as as heroes. And then he he was he was okay. I went to visit him again. He, he was so sorry. He didn't want to kind of associate with us. It's like I was scared for my own people, in my his own brothers, that they would know that he hid us. So he died a hero recently by just broad pressure. He was sick. But he died a hero in the country. He was given prices. People would go to his house with my book and thank him for hiding me. So uh-huh. he, he died in a very good state of mind, yeah. So he was proud of what he did then. He the was very proud, yeah. Uh-huh. But the enemy shamed him for like two, three years after the genocide. Mm. He shamed him for hiding us. We are in a battle of spiritual battle. And really, I always keep reminding people, we will face Jesus individually. So don't try to belong to a group just for the sake of being accepted or, or just speaking the same language as. Speak the language that appeals to Jesus and Our Lady. Because we will die and we will face Jesus individually. Mm-hmm. And we will go through our own judgment individually. So like people will have to seek truth inside beyond the TV and the radio and beyond groups. So it's just sad when they put it into that tribe, that race, and mm-hmm. then you want to make everybody. One of the things after the genocide, it really came to my heart. I was so adamant about was to generalize is such evil thing. To generalize, make somebody who did something wrong to you, ah, they are like that. Everybody in the country, in the race, in the mm-hmm. tribe, because one person did wrong to you, and so unjust. 
Well, look at the man that was not of your tribe, and he protected you. Exactly. And to this day, my, my best friend, who helped me, by the way, to go to bury the remains of my parents, is from, is from Ehutu. And she, I remember she told me, she also made me realize what she was feeling. She told me, I feel guilty just to be cold. And I'm like, you should never feel that. Why would you feel guilty for something you didn't do? Right. You are the person helping me. But again, like the devil is going to suggest to all of us in ways that where we lose the love of God or want to harden our heart. And I can see that wanting to project a guilt to white people for a crime you haven't committed, you know? And yeah. then to make a, a black person feel so scared. Like all these things happen. I never feel scared in my life since I came to this country. And now I start to look around, like, am I supposed to be careful? You know, and, and the enemy wants us to be scared, to be fearful of each other, and it's terrible. Well, I can say that you you can start feeling the vibes in America now of what you felt the vibes in Rwanda when started cooking up. Is there anything else you want to add before we quit? Yeah, I just want to tell people, please, you know, those who are worried, those who are scared, that this is what we do every day when we are praying. Please remember, hold on to God. There is hope in God. Just do your part in prayer, reading His Word, and applying it in your life. And for the people who do wrong, in Rwanda, it, it, a million people died in a period of three months. It was so bad. There was chaos everywhere. Everyone suffered. And today the country is rising because we learned the lessons from, from what happened. In Rwanda, you don't even call any more tribes because we saw what was called what caused us such trouble. And I just wish everybody to see each other as brothers and sisters. I wish people to forgive the wrong they have, have been done to them. And I wish people, if you have anyone you have wronged, be humble. And I mean this at the level of family, of friends. Let's purify ourselves by forgiving and asking for forgiveness and loving one another. Beautiful lessons, beautiful witnesses. That gives us no excuse not to go to our brother and forgive. If your brother's not available to do that, maybe they've died or something, you can't do that. You have to forgive to stay sane, experience peace, and to be happy in life. Immaculate is an example of that. Well, I guess your title would be when you're canonized. Saint forgiveness, because the people that don't do that, they are in prison forever. For anybody out there that you harbor something against them, you forgive and let it go. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.